Welcome, everybody, to Chumps for Change, the cultured pop culture podcast committed to changing the whole goddamn world. I'm Jack. I'm Bri. And we're your chumps, two broke artists who believe the world could be a better place. We hope this podcast can make a difference, no matter how small. If you're putting in the work, too, this one is for you. This is episode seven of Chumps for Change, and today we're talking about... Death. Oh, spooky. spooky. Yeah. It's October. <laughs> spooky topic for a spooky season. Yeah. How yeah. you doing? This spooky season. This spooky season. How am I doing? Um, I'm getting by. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. There's been a lot going on. Mm-hmm. We... It's been chaotic. Um, Mercury was, was in retrograde. Mer- Mercury was in hella retrograde. Yeah. I'm hearing news that uh, Venus is oh. soon to be entering retrograde Damn. at the tail end of December. These planets are really just piling on. I know, um, as they do. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck the solar system. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. Um, no, I think we can all agree. Yeah. No, Mercury is in hell retrograde. It was all I was hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in a, a fun environment where people are hyper aware of those type of things. Yeah, new agey. Kinda. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm getting like people coming in, trying to get their candles right, trying to get their vibes right. Mm. Um, but Lots yeah. of sage. Lots of sage. We no longer carry sage. Oh, wow. Um, for uh, just, you know, we're a bunch of, we wanted to do the right thing, you know, um, and proper and like funnel the proper channels to where it belongs. But woof yeah it's been rough <laughs> it's been rough it's been rough mm-hmm. um it's been nice because it's been like a collective yeah i think we're all going through it together yeah which is, at least it feels that way yeah so <sighs> it's shitty but yeah there's something about experiencing a shitty experience mm-hmm. yeah there's a together. sense of community i think that comes in that yeah like a lot of times you got to collectively bottom out you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like you got to be going through it in order to help each other through it. I think, you know, it's easy to focus on a lot of the bad things that have happened this pandemic. But I also think there is a sense of community and just uh, when you ask someone how their year is and they go, <laughs> oof, like you can feel that yeah, in your bones like, mm-hmm. as well. You know, <laughs> same thing for you. Um, so, yeah, I still I think that it, as terrible as it is, tragedy can be a thing that unites people. And in moments like this, it's nice to remember that we're all kind of collectively going through it yeah at least there's a i'm not alone in this that comes with that you know which is nice very Mm -hmm. comforting very comforting what's what's new with you what do you got going on um i had a funeral so this death theme is very um relevant to my experience lately i i had my first i'm very fortunate all my grandparents have lived into their late 80s that's crazy i know and i feel very fortunate for that um, and it wasn't COVID related or anything. It was mm-hmm. heart related. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was one of those where, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it, it was like kind of a month where s- some rocky stuff started happening and then all of a sudden it was over, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I have come face to face with death for the first time in, in like forever. I, again, I've been very lucky to not be very affected by COVID, mm-hmm. um, which I think, I don't know. You kind of develop a bubble where you're you're distanced from reality because there's only like two. What what is the phrase? There's only two solid things: taxes and death. Right? Mm -hmm. Those are so. Yeah. Like (laughs) I I know taxes. I'm very familiar with those, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But very unfamiliar with death. So I'm having to. I, I mean, my therapist 
put it this way. Anytime you deal with something for the first time, uh, you're kind of like bushwhacking through the jungle. Like mm-hmm. you're having to carve a path. Yeah. And the more you walk that path, the easier it becomes. Sure. But that first time is the most difficult because you got to like go through there and manually carve that trail out. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of what I feel is uh, I'm developing the skills to cope with death and to deal with it and to be around it uh, for the first time that is, you know, it's something that all of our lives are affected by in some way or another. So it's something I'm going to have to learn. Sure. And I, again, feel fortunate to get to 26 and not really have to. Yeah. Um, but coming face to face to that is kind of where I'm at now and just dealing with all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I have been, death has been top of the mind for me this, um, this month anyway. Um, and also I think just the, the um, metaphorical death of things. Sure. Like, you know, I, I think we've talked about it on this podcast where, especially even episode one, like immediately in the pandemic, we found out a lot of things were broken mm-hmm. and needed to change. And now we're getting to the point where we're kind of all going back to normal in a way that feels fake, <laughs> at least for me, yeah. right? Like we're all kind of going about things and being like, oh, things are normal. Like the world didn't end like a year ago. Sure. Um, and, and I think it did because it should have like... I know that's a hot take. I I don't wish the last year on anybody. Absolutely not. But I do think that there were important lessons to be learned that we just collectively decided to ignore for the sake of um, coping or, you know, uh, avoidant tendencies Mm -hmm. of like not wanting to deal with what this last year needed to teach us. Sure. Um, And it's more, I'm trying to soak the lessons in, which is a really like somber place to be in, I think. Yeah. Like just considering death in the literal, my grandpa died sense, sure, of course. but also in the metaphorical, like this last year has been- Was a, a death of sorts. A death it's in a, a way, loss. Yeah. I like to equate um, death to a loss of any sorts, whether it's mm-hmm. um, losing a job or the loss of a relationship or the actual literal loss of someone's life. Yeah. And it's funny how people react and respond to these type of things mm-hmm. because I agree. In a sense, there are some people who have become hyper aware of all of the things that need to change mm-hmm. and what wasn't working. And they're eager to see what possibilities could come yeah. out of this. Because with death comes the idea of like mm, rebirth, rebirth or what comes after. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel that, too. But then on the other hand, you have people who are afraid of Mm -hmm. what comes with change and after recognizing the loss and dealing with the loss of something maybe you held near and dear a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people lost their loved ones like uh there were a lot of different things happening Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of different deaths on all different scales different levels uh not to say that this isn't stuff that happens every day you know Mm -hmm. but on such a mass scale and um, to be so surrounded by it in all senses you know and um, to it's rough. ignore it mm-hmm. is i feel the tough thing to digest um and to <laughs> i guess also, or maybe the natural inclination because of ha- just our culture you know i feel like so much of our culture at least here in the west Sure. Is very much defined by trying to 
live in denial about the fact that we're going to die one day. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like so much of it, I, I've been doing a lot of deconstructing this last year of like why I create art. And sure. I've realized that the heart of it really was like this need to be remembered after I'm gone. Yeah. This legacy kind of thing of like, well, will they remember me? Will How I be will lost to the sands of time? What remains, yeah. yeah. Right? And there's that kind of fear of death that's at the heart of what drives a lot of us, I think, whether we realize it or not. Like the need to accumulate so much in this life. Like you can't take that with you. Yeah. It's just to be remembered or to leave something behind for those you love, you know? Like so much of it is fueled by death, whether you realize it or not. Um, and so to come as face to face with it as we have this last year, I think it's understandable why people are clinging to things like sure. the way things used to be. Yeah. I, I think some people are nostalgic for life before COVID, even though it was terrible, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, working conditions right now, we're seeing kind of the death of the traditional work week through all the strikes that are happening and just the way that people are analyzing their relationship to work. And I don't think that, again, without death, it doesn't clear the way for what comes after, you know? Like the only thing that's true in life is just its constant changeability. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I also feel guilty because this is something that pertains directly to what I've been dealing with, um, with my grandpa. Yeah. But I have felt in my life like the older generation is blocking progress for the younger generation. Like we have not had access to opportunities or resources or a house or yeah. all the things that their generation had because of a clinging to or a fear of death, right? Sure. Like refusing to get out of the way and let the younger generation's voice be heard, if that makes sense. And this is kind of all tied into that is too, like with dealing with the literal death of my grandparents that is the same thing that from a metaphorical or like a psychological standpoint, I've always been like the younger people need their chance sure. and in order for that we need like old people to get out of the way as terrible as that sounds sure. and so it's kind of i don't know it's this weird spot of um i guess letting go yeah you know yeah exactly. like you gotta let go into it you can't go fighting can't go screaming into the night you know um, but also realizing the literal ramifications of the way that I've thought in the past. Like sure. what that looks like is what I'm dealing with now. And it's never as cut and dry as like the the ideals that you have in your head, you know? And so there is a bit of letting go or a death that has to come to your own ideals in order to accomplish shit. I like think about how many times we've shot for the moon with M through F. Sure. And how much those ideals have held it back. The more that we're able to let go and kind of allow the thought of what it has to be to die, mm -hmm. the more the idea of what it can be can take over, um, which is interesting. There's a whole relationship there that I've never explored because you spend so much of your life in denial of the one thing that's true, you know, sure. yeah, that it's we're all going to die. We're yeah. all going to die. And I think and everything we need dies. to talk about it a lot more and it'll mm -hmm. help um, alleviate a lot of the pain and pressure that comes with grieving a loss, whether it is something as grand as the death of someone you care about or as small as like, oh, my emo phase is done. That was yeah. just like a couple of yeah. months. And it's just like you can so quickly, and I think it's fascinating as well how quickly you can involve yourself into an idea, into a belief, and it consumes you and it becomes a part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um and then you can abandon it. It can abandon you. Yeah. Um, you can outgrow it. You can outgrow it. It can outgrow you. It's yeah. 
just the cycle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it, at least through me, I don't know how you feel. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, typically when you hear death, right, right off the bat, it's kind of this like clenching You're motion like, that happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just your whole body, like the fear. Yeah, it's the, scary. The fear is so tied to the word. But I, I hope the thing that we can explore today a little bit too is not just that side of things, but also what it means in terms of, again, making way for the new or I, there there is a, um, uh, again, a, a release of control that I think that death represents sure. that really, you know, sets the tone for what comes after. Because, yeah. um, I don't know, it's all part of this cycle, you know. Exactly. Uh, Alan Watts says that uh, life and like birth and death are the same event and life's what happens in between those two things like having a birth implies the death of something yeah you know um and it's used in context of like find the thing that is timeless that doesn't live or die you know the eternal everything that everyone spiritual and religious is like searching for is the thing that can't die you know heaven or eternal life and how much that you know, affects people, what they believe, like mm-hmm. the want to live forever, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that having a healthy acceptance of death is the way to really understand what the game is about, you know, because sure. you're never going to live forever. Um, and so to be able to have a good handle on that, I think is important to have a good worldview. And as scary as it is, I don't know, the more you get to know death, the less, less scary, scary I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like it's something we all got to, it's the great equalizer. Yeah. Something we all got to go through. Um, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I'm really excited to It's dive a heavy in. topic. Yeah, it's a heavy topic that I'm really looking forward to diving into. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be crazy. But before we do mm-hmm. enter that, um, let's... Do I do a little more lighter of a... (laughs) Well, I think one of the best ways, I mean, to do a direct tie-in, we saw No Time to Die. Exactly. Um, James Bond. Yeah, okay. Spoilers. Um... I mean, first, what did you you think of it? What did you think about No Time to Die? What did I think about it? Compared to... I mean, let's start with what's your relationship to James Bond. I think that's an important one. Yeah, what's Um, the context? There... So I would say I have a loose relationship to James Bond. Mm-hmm. My relationship to James Bond is via um, caricatures or spoofs. Oh, uh, so I'm, you know Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, Austin Powers. <laughs> okay. Um, Archer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this like idea. Arguably, things Bond. that are better than James Bond I'll in say their own it. way. Which is why when yeah. you are exposed to those things first, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, let's check out. Yeah. And you're like, okay. This yeah. Alicia Keys and Not Jack White impressed. song goes off, but like, you yeah. know, it's just this, you know, a guy doing cool stuff, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, and, sure. And I mean, then he just does it again. To be fair, I also think, I mean, think about the people that are like, I mean, think about old James Bond, right? That's sure, the other sure, thing. Sure. You know, mostly Daniel Craig, mostly right? Mostly Daniel Craig. There's a whole different side to James Bond that's yeah, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know the Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, James Sean Bond. Connery running around degrading women. That's you know? fair. Like, <laughs> it's, he's got, he's got a long history past. Um, but I also think, you know, there's something to be said about who's the audience. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very much, 
I remember playing Goldeneye in my friend's basement. And that's like a universal experience for people my age that kind <laughs> sure. of brings people together, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it does have a bit of a different connotation. So we're approaching it from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, what did you think about No Time to Die, the new one that we saw? What did I think about No Time to Die? Because we I, saw it in IMAX, too. We saw it. It was loud. And we were like there. <laughs> yeah. um, it, in the thick of it. I will say, this is my honest, uh, it was okay. Yeah. I enjoyed the first half. Um and mm -hmm. then we rode that wave for a while. Um, loved seeing Rami. Mm -hmm. um, I felt in some places it was a little underwhelming. But, you know, a yeah. one and done kind of situation. Like, I'm glad I saw it. Would but I go out of my way again? to go it again? Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, and, and also, I mean... My thing is, is, if we're doing our, I, I also very much like the Daniel Craig versions of these. Yeah. So I think Skyfall is definitively like the best. Easily, yeah. Um, then Casino Royale. And then I'd say this movie. I'd okay. say it comes in at midway. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that like Casino Royale and Skyfall are like really something sure, special. Sure, and they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that this is, it's, it's a good movie. It's, it's definitely okay. good. I'd yeah. give it like a 7 out of 10. Um but I, one of the things that I think is interesting about it is this movie had, number one, a bit of humor to it. I think it's one of the more kind of silly James sure. Bonds, but from a perspective that I appreciated it a bit. Um, but number two, a lot of representation in this. I think the director is the guy who directed a lot of Atlanta, unless I'm wrong. No, it's the guy who did Maniac, right? Uh, with Am I tripping? Emma Stone? Let me see. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, please uh, fact check me on this. Punch those numbers. But 07, the person who took over for James Bond in this, this is a spoiler of the movie. So if you haven't heard it, <laughs> skip ahead a little bit uh, if you haven't seen it. But the person who took over for James Bond is a black woman. And the person who they're kind of setting up for the keys to the castle, potentially, if that's the direction they choose to go. I mean, we'll see. Um, but... Which I Compared think Compared to be, the James Bond of the past, it feels which like has been a lot more intentional. Exactly. Uh, it's not to say that, you know, I don't want to pat it on the back for doing the, the bare minimum. <laughs> but it does feel like it was a bit more intentional and in a way that worked. Like even Ana de Armas, who was in this movie, um, her scene was like the best one of the movie, in my opinion. Because they were like, let's make a girl boss. Let's and not we just love make yeah. Boss. Let's not just make like the <laughs> typical submissive Bond girl. Yeah. Let's like they didn't do kiss something different. Once. They didn't. You're upset. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was. A <laughs> love kissing. This movie almost passed the Beckman test, <laughs> and I'm pissed. But um, no, you're right. Uh, director of Maniac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maniac. Yeah. Gotcha. So super cool. Um, I feel like that's again experimental. Like I almost appreciate. The fact that it is a little bit weirder of a, um, not even weirder, but just outside of the box. Sure. It tried to get out of the box. Yeah. Um, even though there were lots of it that was, again, I think Rami Malek was a pretty lame villain. Mm. Um, just your typical run-of-the-mill James Bond villain, sure. not much there. Um, I also think, you know, I don't know. There, there were certain plot points that I maybe take issue with. But as a whole... It, it tried. And and again, I guess I'd much rather have a movie try and fail than not try at all. Or just try to maintain the status quo. Sure, sure, Because sure, I think sure. the worst James Bond movies are the ones that are like every other James Bond movie. 
like if you can't differentiate it at all then like what's the point yeah, yeah. what's the point when they start blending together that's the thing it's just yeah. like there's a lot of different but like austin powers i know exactly what happens you know so i'm like <laughs> yeah. there's this level of depth that i feel like could be present in the originals but <laughs> that's just me yeah <laughs> yeah no i feel you yeah um beyond no time to die um i wanted to discuss uh season or series endings um the mm. final season of Insecure is about to premiere. Oh, wow. Um, and I always think what, it's... What season? Uh, this is going to be the fifth and fifth, final season. Fifth and final. Yeah, wow. a great run. Very excited to see how mm -hmm. it turns out. Uh, but I always think it's cool when shows kind of... Uh, the leftovers, they yeah. say what they need to say, and then they get out they of get it. They get out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so knowing and kind of expecting that end and anticipating that end and knowing when to kind of close that yeah. chapter, I think is also a good um, tra trait and skill and metaphor that you can kind of like carry on into your mm -hmm. real life. And then of course, they're the shows that are just like keep running and yeah. like, 14 need to seasons, yeah. <laughs> killed it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, again, you, it's something you want to be proactive on. Yeah. Um, and again, I talked about before, death is the great equalizer. Mm. Like endings come for everybody. You yeah. can try and live in denial of it, but like your Unexpected TV show is going to have to end. Yes, some shows get canceled. I mean, think about like, uh, I'm a huge fan of Community. Mm. And that show mm -hmm. got canceled so many times. True. And it just wanted a chance. <laughs> and then, you know, um, other shows that, I, I don't know. I'm, a Chicago PD is going to get like 20 seasons or Chicago Fire Chicago or all waste these. Department. What? Waste management. Waste management. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the river protection agency. Yeah. Um, Fish and wildlife. Um, those shows are going to get so many seasons. And like it's the unfortunate part. There's still that side of television. But everything comes to an end. And I think it's better to be proactive and again, choosing to end when you've said what you have to, when you've spoken with your chest. Yeah. There's a part of the uh, Tao Te Ching that says it's better to stop than hold until full, I think. Interesting. It's like if you're pouring a cup, you want to stop before the top of the cup and not just allow it to run <laughs> over the side. you and Anastasia <laughs> yeah. struggle Okay, with. yeah. <laughs> I've gotten better. I like to add creamer. And that pushes it over like, the top Like anticipate the creamer, though. <laughs> I know. I am now. I'm getting better about it. I'm trying to not hold until full. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's better to be proactive in the ending. And again, there's, there's a Buddhist saying that's everyone should die once before they actually do. Mm. It's kind of like you, you want to be proactive and kind of, um, killing the thought of yourself and allowing yourself to be all you could instead of what you feel you have to be or what it is that you are, um, it's kind of the great death, like the ego. We've also, I mean, that's the other thing. We've had ego death experiences between the two of us. Yeah. And so there is a part of you that can die that, and then you're still around. There's a part of you that, you know, you have a foot in being and a foot in becoming, right? Yeah. And so there's a part of it where it's, it's almost healthy to question um, what you take to be yourself. And to allow that to let go and to die in a certain sense so that you can become something greater than that which can die. You know what I mean? No. It's interesting. It is interesting. Not not to get too mumbo jumbo-y. Um, no, we're about to get mumbo jumbo -y. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, I just, I, I'm also self-aware of taking it there because it's something in my personal journey I've, I've been doing a lot of digging into and trying to, you know. I go on my own journey regarding 
and I, I don't ever want to push people there that aren't ready to be there. That's the tough thing about death it's, is it's tough to, you can't force it on anybody. Exactly. It's got to be something that is, ex like, people are going to run away <laughs> when you first say the word death. I'm sure we, you know, there are people who didn't no want to listen to this yeah, episode. No <laughs> right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine. <laughs> this is who we do it for anyway. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a part of you that, again, clenches up naturally, I think. And so you can't force that on anybody. You can't take it there unless it's meant to go there. So yeah. I don't ever, let me know if I'm ever uh, being too too much. You try and pull me in. You're like, look at the light. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't want to go towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, well, And that's, again, I think m maybe even two, three months ago, mm -hmm. I, I think I talked about this in therapy. I'm sure I've talked about this with you. Um, like there's there was a part where... Um, a certain aspect of my ego was kind of going out the door because mm -hmm. of my spiritual searching and just the journey that I'm on. Sure. Um, and as I did that, there was this sense of like loneliness of not wanting to be in it alone. Mm. And so I feel there was a part of me, like my shadow that just kind of acted out and was like just trying to cause drama and like trying to drag other people across the ledge with me, <laughs> you sure. know, when like it's your thing that you have to do alone. Yeah. Um, and so there's definitely an element of that that thankfully has also died. <laughs> but on the way out, because I put up the resistance and I was clinging, again, in a lot of ways, I think people have responded to the pandemic or whatever it may be. Um, it causes a lot more harm than good when you choose to. It is something you have to establish your own personal relationship with yeah. and not push other people there with you. Which is tough to do because, yeah. as we stated, it's not something that we're all casually talking about of just mm -hmm. anticipating, oh, when do you think all your yeah. loved ones and best friends <laughs> yeah. are going to die and yeah. are you prepared for it yeah. and all of the things that come with it. Um, it's not something we talk about. Um and that's why when it happens, it's terrifying in any yeah. form. Um, that's a big part of what I want to dive into today. Yeah. Of just death and the different forms of loss and what that looks like. Um, I was poking around on uh, the University of Texas's page on, they have a mental illness resources page, which is really oh, yeah. cool. cool. Um, and they discuss the different kinds of loss and whether it's death of a partner or the serious illness of a loved one that alone can be very jarring a relationship breakup mm -hmm. um, oh yeah yeah definitely a form yeah. of death whether it's friendship a work colleague or mm -hmm. romantic of course like that's that person's not in your life um, yeah and <laughs> it's something I've been kind of looking up for a really long time of just like, which one's worse? Which one's worse? Um, <laughs> and it, people have their own opinions mm -hmm. um, because, of course, with death, that person's gone. They're not yeah. coming back. Yeah. Um, the difference, of course, with a breakup is the fact that it was a choice, um, whether mutual or one-sided. Yeah. And someone is actively choosing um, not to be in your life anymore. Um, and that could extend to like being fired or laid off or evicted. Choosing to quit. Yeah. Choosing to quit. Yeah. Um, moving across, you know, the country, mm -hmm. leaving your family. Um, these are all different forms of loss. Yeah. Uh, the, ugh, this one, losing a pet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and sometimes I, I think about that a lot because I'm like, 
I don't know. I feel as though a lot of us um, were raised to be efficient mm-hmm. um, and to kind of be okay in spite of these things, these inevitable, terrible things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge part of why I didn't want a pet because I knew it would die. Mm. Mm, that's interesting because I also feel that is – um, a lot of times, and I'm going to quote Survivor on this, believe it or not, because <laughs> this is a bar by David Wright himself, but he says that his fear of death had morphed into a fear of life. Oh, that sometimes you're so afraid of dying that you don't take the risks, you don't take the chances. And that's what life's all about yeah. is taking those chances. And so sometimes again, a want to protect yourself can actually manifest in a way where you're not living your life. You're kind of the passenger of it or someone who's just watching it pass by with regrets, Mm. but also safety, you know, like you, because there needs to be the death of your comfort zone in order to get out there and to have any adventure at all. Like as a storyteller, there's always the the call to adventure and then the person turns it down at first. That's where the story ends. That's a tragedy. But eventually there is some thing that they thought they couldn't lose. Let's even Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Luke wants to gal- like go across the galaxy and go on adventures, but he has to stay and help his uncle and aunt at the farm. Sure. But then Darth Vader comes through and destroys <laughs> His aunt and uncle kills them, and now he has no choice but to go on the adventures that he always wanted. It just looks different than he thought it would. And so that's kind of that metaphorical death that happens in stories all the time, where the one thing you couldn't be without, you have to shed in order to go on the journey in the first place. And I think that's true of life, too. Yeah. Wow. Um, Not to get too screenwriter tutorship. (laughs) That's definitely an example I've used before. That's really great. And something that I wanted to... Um, just, and I, I guess I didn't really think about how, yeah, this fear of loss and all the risk that come with living that mm-hmm. you just kind of stop living yeah. and you lose sight of yourself and what you want um, because you know that eventually all of those things, I guess, can be stripped away from you mm-hmm. um, and coming to terms with who you are without these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, um, I've always wanted a family, you know, um, growing up, I kind of, uh, was raised, I have a half sister, but I was raised mm-hmm. as an only child. So having a big, close, tight knit family was something that was very, and is something that's very important to me. Um, ever since the birth of that dream, mm-hmm. um, a realization or this questioning of, but what if I can't have kids? has always mm. came and followed with it. Um, I don't know, <laughs> you yeah. know? And yet I navigate my life like, oh, when that's like, of course, whenever and if I have a pregnancy, pregnancy scare, I'm like freaking it. Yeah. It's not, I, I don't yeah. want this. I, <laughs> yeah. I do not want this right now. It's terrifying. I have like a bunch of pregnancy tests like ready to go just in case. Like I have yeah. an AD, I'm fine. But still I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I don't want this. That being said, when the time is right, mm-hmm. what if I yeah. can't? Um, and of course there are many other ways to start a family and yeah. maybe my idea of what a family is. And that's what I was going to say yeah. is I think sometimes, again, it takes the death of 
your idea of what a family has to be. Mm. So for example, right, like to say, well, family is flesh and blood and that's it. Yeah. Like I think all of us have had an experience of someone who we are close to that is family that is not blood. And so that in and of itself, I think even in the apartment we have here, we have a very close-knit family. Oh, yeah. And so to um, even, again, I think it requires the death of a certain thing in order to accept what is or for your idea of something to be reborn in a sense. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times it requires you to go even further back than that and to say... It's not about like, what if I can't have kids? It's like, what is family? You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Where it can give you sometimes the perspective you need to get out of your way of thinking and experience a new way of being, you know? Exactly. And that's kind of a death in a way of yeah. like, it is it is a giving up and a relinquishing in a way that, you know, is helpful. Of a dream of like, a, yeah. and I mean, I think that's the other thing. And we kind of touched up on it earlier of just like, letting go of these ideas or expectations of what things are meant to be, what they're mm-hmm. supposed to be, um, makes it a lot less scary. Um, yeah. Coming to terms and accepting that maybe you'll get there, um, not exactly through the route or path you envisioned. Maybe you don't get there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, accepting that it's going to be okay in spite yeah. of those things. It's hard. It's a very hard pill to swallow. Um, but something that I think we need to um, start getting comfortable facing and addressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's not- the elephant in the room. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like death is the elephant in the room that most of us spend our time trying to avoid. But I think it is the one like immovable thing, unshakable object. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like death that bends to your will. It's you that bends to death. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I do think... I mean, the good news about all of this is with that kind of stuff, you always get to change your relationship. Sure. You don't get to change death. That's undeniable. Like it's coming. (laughs) Like that's a scary way to think about it, but it it is unavoidable. And so the best you can do, I think, is change your relationship to the thing. Mm. Are you going to give it the power over you or are you going to face it? Are you going to, you know what I mean? See it for all that it can be. Because it's not just the... I'm actually, if it's okay, I've got a quote here that I'm yeah. going to read that is from that really cool tarot deck that I oh, use a yeah. lot. Let's um, it. It's called Prisma Visions for anybody who <laughs> needs a good tarot deck. Beautiful uh, cards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, stunning. And, and also some really good tidbits in the booklet itself. So this is from the death card um, in the Prisma Visions tarot. It says, loss and change are inevitable and often quite painful but inevitably out of its remains will grow something more beautiful and more adapted to your needs. Though it loses its familiar form, that which passes away only breaks down into simpler components and dissipates out into the universe. And I have always loved that because it's a very beautiful way to describe death. Mm. Like, yes, it's, it's painful to undergo change, but it's inevitable. And changing your relationship to it where you don't clench up when you hear the word Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you don't run from it like you are able to see through it a little bit more and see you know um life would be impossible without death death would be impossible without life it's kind of the whole yin yang thing Mm -hmm. like they're two sides of the same coin um and so you couldn't be born without dying you know all that stuff I think it allows you to give a greater appreciation for the time that you are here and not allow your fear of death to determine how you live your life, to keep those two separate. Um, So yeah, Um, I I think it's helpful to think about the beauty in it too. 
because it really is just kind of uh, a simplifying, right? Yeah, I like, like that. that. That's what it is. It's kind of, I, I don't want to, it's not downgrading, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it is simplifying in the way that what you took yourself to be, you no longer are. And then you're becoming something simpler and probably more adapted to the situation. Sure. Um, and, and I like that idea because that doesn't just describe physical death, but also all kinds of, again, allowing the idea of M through F to die. So M through F can become all that it can be. Yeah. Or, you know, um, just changing your relationship to things. There is a bit of letting go that comes with that. Yeah. That's healthy and helpful and allows you to face it without as much fear, I think. So, sorry to distract from no uh, your point <laughs> no, that i just funny. i love that quote it's a really good one and i think one that needs to i like uh i really do like the word simplifying and mm -hmm. um, all forms of it uh because i don't know i believe simple can be interpreted as like a yeah your instinct is like a downgrade but yeah that's not true i think there are far too many things that are way more complex than they need to be yeah um, I, I think life in general is made far more <laughs> complex than it needs yeah. to be. I think the enlightened view is truly the most simple view you can have of the universe. It's literally just not projecting anything onto it. Exactly. Like your own thoughts, feelings, whatever. Just getting out of the way and letting life be. And that's as simple as it can be, but that's also the hardest thing to achieve because we're so wired through our phones and through day-to-day sure. -day life to have to go and do that just being is something that we're not really in touch with. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah speaking of like this life that we live and mm -hmm. how society has kind of primed us in the process of like learning more about death and loss mm -hmm. um i was like and now being like working full-time and entering this new wave of my life and career where you learn about like pto and like iras or and uh yes bereavement i'm gonna nod <laughs> i don't know yeah w2s yeah we're both there <laughs> we're both learning about this <laughs> um but like bereavement leave mm. so um typically found in like corporate or um you know more traditional workplaces um, in the instance of a loss of a loved one, you mm -hmm. get to take X amount of days off. Um, and you can find this in like your HR policy. And, um, yeah, it's kind of fucked up sometimes. If you like think about like how you have to compartmentalize sadness. Yeah. And. Oh. Like. I, again, I went to the funeral on Friday and I uh, worked on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and it was a real weird transition to be in such a heavy situation and, and then, then to go right back to normal. Like life continues on, right? you know? And, and I guess that's maybe comforting to know, <laughs> I guess some people won't find it comforting, uh, but I find it comforting to know that like when I die, that life will continue on. Yeah. Like it just keeps marching on. Like people will grieve you for a moment and then life returns to, you know, yeah normal you as much as it can still gonna forget yeah. to bring me duck sauce like these things are gonna yeah. they don't stop that's what they say it's <laughs> taxes death and new china to never bring in the duck sauce yeah uh three Isn't unshakable like, things <laughs> yeah without <fail. laughs> um but i i do at least i find some comfort in the fact that there is that kind of again it becomes more simple yeah. And then it's just kind of, you have your moment, and then it all continues on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just this this um, black hole, you yeah. know. 
like for your own personal experience, it might seem that way. Sure. But I think a lot of times we forget to have the grander, greater perspective. Yeah. That is that life continues on. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And again, to br- bring it back to my point, like older generations getting out of the way for younger generations, that allows for the adaptation and the continuation of certain. Like, I mean, think about our parents' generation. Yeah. Not to get too generationalist. Sure. Not to make ge- generalizations about generations. Go off. That's King. very. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes. I do think at least our parents seem to be. They never questioned the same things that we're questioning. Sure. Because there was a taught, like my. I remember my dad telling me, like, just you have to respect your grandpa, and. I was like, well, he's got to show me respect too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it doesn't work that way. You yeah. respect him because he's your your elder and don't ask questions and don't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But that prevents you from being curious and it allows you to maintain a status quo that may not be working. And I think it's taken to our generation to really start to question some of the things that have never been, like the way religion is currently being dissected and deconstructed is actually helpful for whatever comes after. Like religion is gonna be better fitted for the world now, whatever comes out the other side, right? Once we have dealt with the skeletons in the closet and the elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So it does require, again, the passing of the torch in a way and allowing life to evolve and adapt in the ways that it needs to or else you come like it's going to come out anyway it's like life finds a way in yeah. jurassic park like mm-hmm. it, it, they're all females but they're going to find a way to mate like it kind of happens that way and so you know you either incredibly repress your kids and then when you're gone it comes out anyway sure. or <laughs> you allow it to happen naturally in the way that it should and allow life to kind of hand over to itself you know and continue adapt to and evolve yeah. alongside it that's what it has to because yeah. any roadblocks in that the roadblocks are getting destroyed not the the life you know yeah. life doesn't stop because you tell it to it's like if you've seen abandoned cities like the vines kind of coming mm. out the cement it, it just adapted to the cement yeah it didn't like the second that people were gone life went back to its natural state i think it's kind of a beautiful metaphor visually for like again just generational the way societies function yeah like if you're antiquated life is going to be the biggest one that shows you that you know so i i at least personally take some comfort in the fact that when i die i know i'm leaving it in good hands sure like the the universe and life will continue to march on just as it always has and i don't gotta be there (laughs) pulling any kind of strings in order for it to do that you know it's the ultimate weight off yeah um, which is, again, just a different way, a different relationship to have with it. Sure. Like, death is unavoidable, but if you see it as kind of like a weight off, yeah. oh, I get to finally not be doing anything? That sounds kind of <laughs> nice. Like, that is maybe a different perspective you can have that sure. is maybe uh, not what you have to, but yeah. just I think we we see these things as unshakable, and so we should only feel terrified about it. Yeah. But I don't think that's true. I think we should um, start discussing, like openly. Death? Death, and how sometimes we were talking about, and I will say this, like, yeah, you guys are my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And family does look a lot different for me now than what it did like 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, So with like this bereavement leave where like 
you get five days off if it's a spouse mm. or there's like a list of like oh you get two days off if it's a niece or nephew um if it's oh and, wow they, they <laughs> yeah. are literally ranking yeah wow <laughs> how much grief you should feel that uh, is fucked yeah wow so depending Whoa. on your relationship wow. determines if you get time off at all you know that is um, crazy. And of course, that's not how it should be. Like, yeah, it's if not you quantifiable died, yeah, like that. I wouldn't be like, oh, he's just a friend. <laughs> Roommate, I guess. Does that get any count? Yeah, no, <laughs> no days off. No days off. Sorry. Whoops. Um, but Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, there are people who have crummy biological, like people and like families and relatives mm-hmm. who they wouldn't bat an eye if they died, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so... And then understanding that there's some deaths that you won't grieve, that you feel as though you should have this like big emotional turmoil and you may not feel as heartbroken as mm-hmm. other people expect you to feel. Yeah. Um, feeling embarrassed, as I did, um, about grieving the death of a pet. Mm. Um, I'm like, it's, you know, but like, I love Zig. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that just speaks to how much we can love things if m through mm. f failed and yeah. it's like just just this yeah abstract idea but i'm so like i don't mm-hmm. know like it would devastate me yeah um well the the uh zen buddhist in me here <laughs> um you know has some things to say about attachment and yes. that really being the thing mm, right like sure i mean one of the things that really changed the way that i think is um like general happiness when you tell yourself that you want something Mm -hmm. and then you finally get that thing the thing that gave you happiness was not the thing so for example if you say i want i don't know a spa (laughs) like trip when you go to the spa (laughs) and you feel great i mean number one it is the spa because the spa is a great place to be but the spa itself has no happiness in it there are people who have had miserable experiences sure, in a spa. Yeah. Um, some have had great, but it's not the spa itself that determines that. It's what you've attached to it. And especially in the case of like buying things, like mm-hmm. if I just had a new microphone or if I sure. just had a new camera, when you get that camera, the thing that gives you happiness is not the camera itself or even the things that the camera can do. It's that for a moment you are without want. Mm-hmm. You no longer have an attachment to a thing that you have said, if I don't have this, I'm miserable. And if I get this, I'm happy. The thing that gives you true happiness is not even getting the thing. Mm -hmm. It's that you don't want. It's that you are in a state of not desiring anything. You're completely satisfied. That's the Buddhist way of seeing it. And I think that the same can apply onto like life and death, Mm -hmm. right? Where you have such an attachment to, I couldn't possibly see living life without Zig. So there's that attachment there. But it doesn't mean that you couldn't do it. It just means that that's the want and the desire of the situation that's being projected onto death, Mm -hmm. right? But death itself doesn't have that power to like take things away from you, you know? I feel like there are certain people who, you feel more connected to members of your family after they pass away. Because it's almost like they're with you in spirit or the thing that was preventing you feeling close to them was the actual like person themselves. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And not the essence of the person. It's all the the stuff that gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it it, it is kind of the relinquishing of attachment to things Um, and, and, and less allowing like, again, it's the same thing. We've had this talk a lot about allowing your thoughts to control you versus 
not even controlling your thoughts because you can't really do that. <laughs> thoughts come to you regardless. They're yeah. yeah, they're just kind of there. But it's allowing it to become like a benign relationship. Mm. Like my thoughts are there, but they don't define me. So just... I'm gonna let them do their thing. They've always done their thing. Yeah, It doesn't define me. There's no guilt applied to it. Um, and so kind of allowing that space for them to exist and to be whatever it is they're gonna be. I found an attitude of that is also helpful for death of like, obviously if any of you guys died, I'm gonna be devastated. But I'm gonna deal with that grief when it happens and allow myself to feel however it is that I feel. Yeah. Um, and I know that life will be, it will change and be adapted, but who's to say whether or not that's better or worse, it just is. Yeah. You know, so you, you have less attachment to outcomes, I think, too. Sure. And death is one of the many outcomes, I think, that's on people's brains. Yeah, a definite I, outcome. And I mean, this is coming from someone who's like, so you know how anxious of a person I've been. Yeah. But like those things just don't hold weight anymore, I guess. That's pretty which is, Which is good. I guess that means that I'm making progress in yeah. like what I'm doing. But um, it's also just, I guess you... All, all the baggage that comes with death is gone. There's no weight to it. It's just a thing that is undeniable and is, is all there is. Uh, and you don't feel like you have to give it the weight that comes with everything else. Yeah. You know? If, I, if any of that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's from a different It's No, it makes... I'm trying to get to a point where, like, these inevitable things... Um, don't affect me as much like yeah we're all gonna mm -hmm. die um you're gonna die yeah um a lot of things a lot of people everyone's gonna die we're all gonna die here's yeah <laughs> <laughs> to, to bring it up a little bit because <laughs> again i talked about earlier like we've all got the being and becoming like we're all becoming in a certain sense we're always evolving changing becoming someone new doing something like yeah. that's inevitable that's with life but there's also a part of us that just is there's mm. the being of it, you know, the mm. awareness, the consciousness, whatever you want to spirit. Um, and that is something, even if your particular becoming side of things, your ego, your body, whatever, if that passes away, there's still a side of you that is there that doesn't. Sure. And it's at least from the things that I'm studying, the non-dualistic point of view, it's changing your identity mm. in the way that, again, your ego may have to die because your ego is what you identify with. Sure. But then you are able to identify with a greater thing that doesn't pass away. It's more timeless, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a very uh, difficult space to navigate because it is inevitably a wordless and indescribable space. Sure. But if you dig deep, in, dig, eh, bleh, bleh, dig deep enough yeah. <laughs> within yourself, you kind of, I don't know, there is that natural death process that you get familiar with. Because anything that you put your finger on that you are eventually passes away into something that you have no clue. Yeah. And I think accepting that mm -hmm. um, there's been this e internal death cycle, I feel, that's been happening. Mm -hmm. um, as You're constantly becoming a better version of yourself yeah, and the um, old version of you passes away. Exactly. Like That's and what we do. That's the whole that's cycle of it, it all. It's tough to say goodbye sometimes because yeah. I think I found myself growing attached to certain um, concepts or behaviors. Um, mm -hmm. I dove down the deep end of um, Nora McInerney. Um, she is this um, great figure. Um, she experienced a lot of death in the year 2014. 
mm. um, over like the course of just like two months. Did Stage read this book as well? I don't know. There, I, this sounds familiar. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so her, Please um, continue. she had a miscarriage. Yes, this and, is who I'm thinking of. And then um, her um, dad died, mm-hmm. and then her husband died, yeah. um, like all over the course of two months. Um, and there's this thing she is um, promoting that really like stuck with me of just like the concept of moving forward mm-hmm. instead of moving on. Because mm-hmm. I think that's something that everybody wants you to do because we are in this society where we don't feel comfortable talking about death and loss and negativity and if someone Mm. asks you how you're doing um you just say i'm fine whether or not like yeah that's true or not and then you just keep it pushing and that's that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess just understanding that that part of your life doesn't just you can't just abandon mm. it and yeah so when you say forward instead of on mm-hmm. uh do, do you mind elaborating exactly on so like what's the difference when you move forward you're bringing that part of those relationships with you because mm. that loss yeah. is playing a part in who you are now it's changing shape exactly it's adapting exactly. instead of you leaving it in the past is that the in, difference like, exactly okay so just yeah. accepting that that loss um, impacted you as well and mm-hmm. has ultimately shifted who you are and has resulted in everything else that's going to keep happening to you. Yeah. Um, it's not something that you can just kind of pluck out and mm. avoid. Yeah. I think I have an example, actually, because yeah. yeah. I think my grandpa passing away... Um, my grandpa and I didn't have a great relationship. Um, it, it's it, it's interesting because you know when somebody passes away, it's you're supposed to reflect on the positive thing. Sure, of course. And I think I felt extremely guilty because I could really not think about. It was mostly um, our relationship. Here's here's what it is. It's literally the patriarchy. It was <laughs> yeah. my dad's dad, and gotcha. my dad's dad had very particular ways of what it meant to be a moral man. And a lot of what I've been doing the last year is like what makes a good man or what just what yeah. makes a man right. Sure. Because I never felt. The ways in which I expressed like what I'm passionate about. It wasn't woodworking, it wasn't archery, it wasn't hunting, it wasn't yeah. manly things. Was making videos. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that's an inaccessible thing for someone of the older generation. Um, and so I felt a disapproval mm. of a not understanding me or a, a not wanting to get to know me or again, maybe a bit of uh, I'm the last person who can carry on the last name. Sure. Like my brother can't have kids, yeah. so I'm The name literally lives or dies with me. And so I felt a lot of the weight of that, of I want to do my own thing, which means I have to go against the legacy of this man, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and what he stood for. And I don't want to, you know, destroy that, you know, that kind of thing. That that's what I went into the funeral with. Mm. Then at the funeral, hearing the context of my grandpa didn't have a dad. He was raised by a single mother. And so he defined his own version of what a man was. And he's driven, like a lot of the things that I took issue with are dead ringers for who I am as a person. 
Like it's the traits that got passed down to me. And it's just, we put our weight in different categories. And so we seem like we butt heads, Yeah. but it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same mentality. It's the same me wanting to stand fast in what I believe him wanting to stand fast in his, just believing different things. Mm -hmm. And that changed the relationship after he was gone where I felt like I did move forward. And it wasn't, I think there was an element of moving on in terms of it feels impossible to keep a grudge against a dead man. <laughs> like that's, I know that's awful, but sure. like if you're still stewing after they're in the ground, like yeah, you need to let it go, man. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not doing any help. good. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, there are reasons to be mad at people who have died. I'm not of saying course. that. Yeah. yeah. Every situation is different, but at least in my perspective, it would have been petty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it would have been petty for me to like still be mad at my grandpa sure. after he's gone. Yeah. Um, and so that was the moving on of it all. But the moving forward was I'm like, okay, this is actually a like um, I'm realizing it's the same tendency. Like yeah. we're, we're both just reinforcing what we believe. And then for me on my journey, it was how can I get to this spot beyond belief where it's not just a structure of things where it is I'm accepting of no matter what people want. I'm not trying to convert people to my way of thinking or go my own way. I'm just trying to be, you yeah. know. So it kind of allowed me to deal with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with and move forward as a better person, I think. And with a better relationship to my grandpa in hindsight than maybe we had when he was alive. Sure. So I do, th I, I get a lot from that, the moving forward, not on. I think that's very helpful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It really helped me kind of come to terms with a lot of losses mm -hmm. and my relationship to those losses and, um, figuring out how to enjoy the most of what life has to offer, like still, like the fact that, like I, <laughs> this has been a weird research cause I've just been like doing a lot of death, uh, Googling and like a uh, 1.8 person, like people like are dying every second, you know, on average. 1.8 people? Mm-hmm. A point eight of a person? A point eight of a person. Wow. I know. And then I guess that other yeah. Point two. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Seconds. It's yes. Weird. It's crazy how that works. Um, but no, it's just this thing that is happening all the time all around us. Mm -hmm. It's fall now and the leaves are changing and it's gorgeous and things are about to die. And yeah. make spooky room for season. spooky season. That's what I'm saying. Spooky season. <laughs> but um, yeah. Just coming to terms with this natural process. Yeah. And and seeing it, I think, is the flip side to life. Mm. Right? Like, mm -hmm. without death, I don't think there's any urgency to life. Yeah. You know? And, and to live, truly live, not just allow life to happen to you is kind of at least what I think we're all kind of striving towards. To, to actively live it and not look back and wish we had, you know, because of a fear of death. Yeah. So it's weird. It's kind of an acceptance of death allows you to truly live in a way that is, I don't know, healthy. Um, so, yeah, I like that's, that. that's at least one of the takeaways of this episode for me, you know, to incorporate it, I think. Yeah. It's there and we can choose to live in denial of it like generations before us have. Um, or we can choose to accept it and move forward instead of move on. Exactly. You can't just put it in the rear view. It's got to be something that, you know, we allow to shape us. 
Yeah, you openly talk about, you openly discuss. Yeah, and even this pandemic, like, mm. are we going to learn the lessons that it has for us, the things that need to pass away and die and change and become something new? Or are we going to allow our nostalgia for what was to find what comes next? Hell yeah. I don't know. Well, I'd like to um, talk about a cool organization. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's doing some really Bring it back around. Bring it home. <laughs> doing some really cool work. Um, my Block, My Hood, My City, in the vein of um, community support and being able to provide for one another and to mm-hmm. be that like shoulder to lean on. Um, I think M3 is a really cool organization doing some really cool stuff. Um, they are based here in the city. And their mission is uh, just about building a more integrated Chicago, um, one block at a time, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's community relations, uh, all through service of your neighbors, which I think is beautiful. Uh, Last year, and um, it is about that time, we're we're coming up on December, Christmas time, Mm -hmm. uh, they had their third annual um, uh, Be A Light. Mm. Um, So they like help post up like Christmas lights and decorations um, along MLK Drive Mm. um, in a community that's so used to seeing like car lights and ambulances and helicopters. And um, it's nice to kind of be, show a different side of the Mm -hmm. city and help bring people together. Yeah, Um, They are offering a bunch of different programs that help uh, Chicago youth get exposed to different cultures and communities. Mm. Um, and just learn that through an open mind and being empathetic, can they truly expand their worldview, which oh, I think yeah. is really dope. Um, they're always doing cool stuff and looking for volunteers. Uh, I would recommend checking them out via Instagram at my block, my hood, my city, or you can check them out on Twitter at MBM. HMC or their website for myblock.org. Uh, Jamal Cole is incredible and doing really good work and can't recommend supporting and helping them out enough. Mm-hmm. I'm eager to hop on the volunteer list myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes again to the world is changing you know, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of big ways. And only the death of the old world allows us to determine the direction we want to head in now. You know, almost the the cycle of it all, right? Like yeah. what comes after? What What's the more simpler thing, right, that comes out of this? And I think organizations like this one are the ones we want to see thrive in the world that comes after the one that we just lost. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. we want to build a better world. And as sad as it is that, that it requires the death of the old one, like we can only move forward. We can only move forward. So yeah, this seems like a great way to do that. A great organization. I hope that we ourselves can model a lot of their mission mm-hmm. and ideals after. Um, we were lucky enough to host our first event back in September. Yes. Um, Thank you for everybody who came. That oh was a very God. fun time. Yeah. It was really... Again, not what we thought it would be. Not what we thought right? it would be. The death of a certain idea of M through F, but the birth of something so much better than we could have imagined. It was exactly what we needed it to be. Yeah. And we met so many incredible people and were 
beyond floored with all the unexpected support that came out of it. Yeah. Um, and we can't wait to do more with oh y'all too. Yeah. We're very excited. You guys were sick. Yeah. We're very excited. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's going to do it. Any last things you want for the, uh, any last words in? Yeah. I Feel comfortable with where we're leaving it? just want to thank you guys for listening and being yeah. a part of this community. And uh, we want to play our role and mm-hmm. be that shoulder and help you out. So we're here always. Yeah. And if you want to join in the conversation with us, you can give us a follow at M through F co on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check us out at m-fcollective.com to stay posted on all our upcoming projects. Until next time, stay curious, keep creating, y'all. We'll see you next episode.